substance. Hallelujah. And if you belong in, in Kingsville Church, this topic will not be something that is far-fetched from you. But it's very good for us to remind ourselves time and time again, you know, what God expects from us as believers. And so my title this morning will be Guard Your Love Life. Guard Your Love Life. You can say defend your love life, protect your love life, anyone that you like. But what I title is, is Guard Your Love Life. Amen. Now, what does it mean to God? Like you all know, I love to read the dictionary, to know the meaning of things. Because sometimes, what you think is the meaning is not necessarily what it means. But the meaning of God in the dictionary means to watch over. To watch over. So when a mother is watching over her child, she's guarding the child. She doesn't necessarily have to carry arms. But as the child is, especially when you have a toddler that is walk, trying to walk or is starting to walk, the mother may not necessarily stand up from where she is, but her eyes are following the child. She's watching over the child. To the essence, what's the essence? Is to protect or to control. To protect or to control. Still talking about the, the example of the mother. When the child is going towards the door, the mother will call it back. Control. Another meaning of to guard is to protect against damage or harm. To protect against damage or harm. So you have security guards guarding a property, guarding an individual. They are trying to protect that person or that property against damage or harm. Now, why would you want to guard anything? I mean, it's simple. It is because that thing is either special, it is valuable, or it is rare. That's why you guard something. How many of you have you seen a battalion of soldiers guarding a dustbin? It will look odd. You will wonder what's going on here. The day you begin to see Mopol guarding a mad person, you will pause. It's not something that is ordinary. You will take a look again. Am I correct? Because in normal terms, even though we know every human being is valuable before God, but you, people don't really regard mad people, do they? You pity them, but you just, you just move on. You feel you can help, but, but when you see a battalion of soldiers guarding somebody's house, you reckon by inference that this person must be special or this person must be rich. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. John chapter 13, 
verse 34 to 35. He says, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. That's twice. That is for emphasis. When God says something again and again, he's emphasizing that that thing is important and pay attention. By this, verse 35, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's the, three uh, the third time. Emphasizing that we need to love one another. That it is very, very important. And that's why I'm saying this again and again and again. Now, over the past few weeks, you know, it's like I've had several conversations with different people, Christians, you know, unbelievers, but mostly Christians. And one of the prevailing, you know, Com um, thread of the conversations that I've had was offense. Offense. People having issues, you know, either with Christians or non-Christians alike. People who have hurt them badly. People who have treated them really, really, really bad. And I kept saying to myself, why am I, why, why is this, why is this recurring? What's going on here? What's going on? What, what's happening? Now, I've heard, I mean, my ears are full. I've heard very, very horrible stories from outright betrayal, being cheated, being treated badly by those you love, being taken for granted, being, you know, feeling used, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of stories I've heard. And one thing I found out was that those offenses were still strong in their hearts. When I had those conversations with different people, and, I, and I'm, I'm not talking about five, six people, I could still feel their hurt in how they said what they said. And several of them have counseled and I said, you know what, you, you just got to let this go. You just have to let it go. Because it's not, it's not helping you. You're still feeling so hurt. You can't move past it. It's like a blockade in your mind and in your heart. Now, nobody, and I wouldn't say that you know, it is okay for things like that to happen to us. I mean, I will be inhuman, I will be unfeeling to, to say to anybody that, oh, it's okay, your face is all right, you know. <laughs> it's only the person that, the, that uh, feels it in their shoe that knows, all right? But, but I'm not here to tell you that. I'm not here to say offense is okay. And I don't think anybody should be treated badly or people should be treated, you know, with, without respect or cheated or betrayed. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in. 
We live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. And as long as we are still here, offenses will come. Whether willingly or unwillingly, even through us who are feeling offended, sometimes we will offend people whether knowingly or unknowingly. And I want to believe that all of us <laughs> will offend people unknowingly. Right? It's better that way. Not that you willingly, maliciously, deliberately went out for somebody. As Christians, that shouldn't be our nature. It's alien to us. But unfortunately, we will offend people. And unfortunately, people will offend us. Either willingly or willingly, knowingly or unknowingly. It's, it is because we're living in a fallen world. So, if we know that, if that is our reality, because we are in a falling world, then it is imperative that we need to guard our love life. Go with me to Luke chapter 17, verse 1. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. Hear what Jesus said. I'm reading from the TPT version. Verse 1. One day Jesus taught his disciples saying, betrayals are inevitable. Betrayals are inevitable. Another version will tell you that offenses will surely come. I won't, I won't go into the second part because I mean, I mean that, that, that's for sure. But what is Jesus was just trying to say is that it is inevitable. So, one of the reasons why it is inevitable is because we're living in a falling world. Another, experience, another reason why we will experience, you know, uh, unpalatable you know, situations is because we don't have the same values. Unfortunately, we don't have the same values. That's why offenses will come. There are some people in your office, they don't care about you. As far as they get promoted, they will, pass, they will stab you in the back. In fact, if you face them, they will stab you. Do you understand what I'm saying? We don't have the same values. There was a story I heard of a particular guy, whether it is true or not, I don't know. But it was in a very big company, an international organization. And it got so bad, that company had that reputation. It was an international company that anyone who gets promoted to a particular position, they do not live to, to enjoy that promotion. It was that bad. I'm not going to demarket them because I don't know how far it is. But this was years ago. Is it that somebody gets shot? 
person sits on the chair and collapses, becomes paralyzed. I mean, it was that bad. That even when they want to promote you, you begin to pray against promotion. Because it's too hot to handle. Hallelujah. Offenses will come. I, I heard the story of my father's friend who had lived in Lagos all of his life and he had, he had a sibling who was, you know, at, in the village and they, they, were, they inherited a large cocoa farmland. And the brother had been the one, you know, enjoying the cocoa proceeds all these years. Okay, so the guy retired, didn't have much to do in Lagos and decided to go back home, you know, like our parents. When it is time to retire, they want to retire back to the village. All right. So when he got back to the village, he said to his elder brother, I'm back. I really don't have anything I'm doing right now. Can we start to share from the profit of the cocoa farmland? Is it not normal? You have left it for so long. It's normal, isn't it? Well, I don't think the brother liked that. And some few days or maybe weeks, I, I can't really tell. Weeks or months after, this my father's friend passed away. Now, this is the mystery. I don't know. The way they found out that it was the brother was that he kept shouting, his brother's spirit is after him. So he had to confess. We don't have the same. These are people from the same womb. So, unfortunately, offenses will come because we don't have the same values. We don't. There was one I just recently had. It was so heart-wrenching. This particular person, his sisters had been, you know, enjoying the profit from the property of their parents. And so he now said, sister, you guys have been the one taking this money. Please, can I have a share? But the house is not looking so good. So let me do this. I'm going to renovate the house. And so he spent money renovating a large expanse of property, renovating everything. And after he finished renovating it, the sisters took it. And gave it to somebody else to be managing it. Bold face, so. And he said, why would he say, eh, eh? Did, that, did anybody tell you to renovate it? But when he was renovating it, he didn't tell him to stop. So, because we don't have the same values, even if we come from the, our mother's womb, is that not why you hear somebody call, calling somebody the black sheep of the family? Am I correct? Because he has refused to imbibe the values of the family. So offenses will come. The third reason why offenses will come is because we are all works in progress. All of us, me inclusive, we are all works in progress. God is still panebiting us. God is still working on us. 
We are all walking on our own faith with fear and trembling. Some people, when they see you, they don't know that hey, God has done work. If they saw you five years ago, they will give a whole cock to God and say, you try. This person. You know, I was talking to somebody about another person. I was like, why is this person so difficult? He said, huh? Hmm? You people are enjoying this one is hard. This one is a movita. <laughs> Ten years ago, this person was fire. I said, Father, I give you thanks. Because I just couldn't believe it. He said, Ha, ah, this person you are seeing is a refined product. I said, Oh, we take our what we have, if some people are saying you people are enjoying life, ah, and we are saying, hey, this one, you have to, you have to charge yourself because the person will just talk to you anyhow. Can't you just manage this your tongue? And somebody is telling you that this one is a new improved homo. <laughs> so we are all works in progress. So we will offend others. Others will offend us. Now, some people say, oh, you don't know what I've been through. If it was outsiders that offended me, it would have been good. It was people that are close to me like this. Like this. That I regarded as bone of my bone, not my married, my, my wife or my husband. But they were so close. Let me show you something. They are close, Abby. Okay. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 16. Let's go there. I'll read from the TPT version. He said, I speak to you timeless truth. A servant is not superior to his master, and an apostle is never greater than the one who sent him. The servant is not greater than the master. You'll be, be thinking in your mind, where is this going to? Just follow me. I heard something from a pastor some time ago, I think two years ago or last year. And it really blessed me. And it became one of my weapons in guarding my love life and in protecting my heart. She said, if you think that you have been betrayed... He couldn't be as bad as Jesus. Let's see the chronicles of his betrayer. Number one, he was set up by his mother. Has the mother set you up before? Jesus was set up by his mother. I won't read it, but just put it in reference. John chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. You ask me, how did, how, how did his mother set him up? You went for a wedding. You just came as a guest. Your mother came to meet you. You have not done any miracle. Maybe you have just uh, allowed some kerosene not to finish in the house. You know, the small rice, you, you made sure that it was extended. Just small, small, small things like that. So she knows that uh, 
You get them. If you do something. She now came to meet you. Jesus, help these people now. There's no wine. He's disgraced. So say, ah, mommy, ah, my time has not yet come. Let me just, I, I came here as a guest. Let me just, if they don't have wine, we will drink water. Everybody, last, last, everybody will be okay. She said, okay. It's okay. How many of you are there? Go and meet him. Anything he tells you, just do. And then you now see people come and meet you. Sir, your mother said we should come and meet you. Just imagine that. Would you feel angry? That what kind of... After I had... You know, you, 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 you believe that when you speak to somebody, when you tell people you're constrained, they should understand. Your own mother sets you up in the midst of people. What if that water did not turn to wine? Major setup. Number one, Abby, continue. Number two, his brothers. You <laughs> say somebody's close to you, Abby. His brothers did not believe in him. His own brothers. Despite the small things they have been doing in their house. See what they did to him. John chapter 7, verse 1 to 5. I'll just reference it, go and read it. But I'll tell you the story. Now, Jesus was a wanted man in Judea. They had planned to kill him in Judea. It was not a hidden fact. So the guy went to the backside and was staying. He was lying low. Abby, he was doing under the radar. He was undercover. Trying to just put some things in place. Then they, they told him, Bros, Bros Jay, this is your miracle that you are doing in this backside. Eh? Nobody is seeing you. Go to Judea. Judea. Ah, you will blow. You will just blow like that. When you just say, come out. Knowing fully well that he was wanted. The Bible says they didn't believe in him. Go and read it. He said, because they didn't believe in him. So they were like, oh, let's, let this guy just work out now. Let's, let's just deal with him. Let him go to Judea. Let them go. We could know he's a wanted man and they want to kill him. So let them quickly kill him and let him start giving us bad name. Your eldest brother. Your own eldest brother. The first from your mother's womb. The, the best you can think of is how to get rid of him. In such a manner. One, you don't believe in him. is enough. Then you want to also... But you don't want to kill him with your hands, Abby. With your own hand. So you want to set him up to, for them to go and kill him. And you say somebody has hurt you. We have not finished. Number three. You know the Bible says that the servant is no more than the master. Number three. His own cousin doubted his divinity. Matthew chapter 11 verse 3. Go and read it. Remember who announced Jesus Christ to the whole world? Eh? John the Baptist. Who was John the Baptist? His cousin. Hmm. So he was the one that told the whole world, behold the Lamb of God 
that takes away the sin of the world. He must increase while I decrease to the whole world. Okay. So because they threw him in prison, Herod grabbed him. He went to talk the one he shouldn't talk. He ended up in political affairs. Why are you sleeping with your brother's wife? You are not supposed to be sleeping with your brother's wife. He's wrong. He's wrong. I was like, eh, okay. Whether you are the leader or I'm the leader, we will know who is the ruler. Carry you. SSS came to carry you from the house. Put you in prison. You know he's the lamp of God. You know that if he shakes like this, ha ha, oh, something can happen. So you were waiting day one. Jesus will come. I announced him. I am the one that announced him. I'm a forerunner. He can't do without me. He knows me. Apart from that, he's my cousin. Ah, Auntie Mary was not here. I was going on here. Day two. Day three. Ah. <laughs> Wait till he be like, say, Abi, did he hear? Okay, if he didn't hear, I will let him hear. So he sent his disciples. He didn't even say, Jesus, what are you doing to help me? What did he say? Are you the one or should we look for another? Are you the one that God sent? Because as they were castle, no power there in your hand. That lamb of God, I think it was a wrong mistake, wrong call. I missed call, you know. It was, a, it was a wrong thing. It's not God that told me. It was me that told myself. He doubted his divinity. Because Jesus did not do as he expected him to do. Number four. You know you have close friends, Abi. Your party parties, your gang members. Some people even say gang. Your gang members, Abi. Your gang members sold you a whole human being for 30 pieces of silver. Your own gang member. That you have been eating together, sleeping together, going everywhere together for 30 pieces of silver. How much is it? When will it not finish? To not make the matters worse, you're 12. You know, you had 70, they had 50, they had 120. They were carrying up themselves up and up and down. But the 12 that everybody knows about, when it was time, for the robber to meet the road, everybody pira. Everybody missed in your hour of need. In your hour of need. My people have an adage. They will say, Ayele boni leje, ko boni lemu, ko dojo kwe ko yeri. The bird does not eat with the owner. Drink with the owner. And on the owner's death, he absconds. That is the height of betrayal. They left. Everybody ran for his life. Oh, so we are the disciples of Jesus. We are the one that went to heal people. Oh, the demons were surrounded. They are surrendering on Oh, oh, oh. So all that one now you ascended. So now you know that your name is your last your son name is no longer Jesus. Abi. Now you are John. Your father's name is Zebedee. 
than the last of it all. <laughs> One of his oldest friends among the three who saw everything they went on Mount of Transfiguration together. They did this one together. They did that one together. He was saying, with my full chest, with my full chest, nothing can happen to you. If they had to go through you, to, to get to you, they will go through me. You know you have people like that. Don't worry. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. When it is time to gotcha, they have disappeared. Their phone is not available. They have put their phone on flight mode. Call will not enter. Data will not enter. He's a gotcha. That says, if everybody leaves you, I will not leave you. See what he did. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 73 to 74, Peter not only denied Jesus, he cursed himself if he knew him. I read it. The Bible says he placed a curse on himself. I said, if I me, who be Jesus? He said, you look like say, bros, don't they talk that kind? I know they like him, but they, they quit back. So Jesus of where? Who? Naza? I don't even know that side. I don't they go that side. Naza Redskin. So there's a place called Nazareth around there. I don't know the place. So I don't see called the say, bros. You look where you look, self. You look like uh, those people say, Uncle. I don't like this joke. It's beginning to get too, you know, too expensive, you know. They want small gay, small gay. See, ah, I mean, they see you when my madam send me go market. I see you that day now. You they walk out. Now you day. Let me do for him back. He said, Make thunder fire me if I know this boss is called Jesus. Me! I, I, I don't like. He placed a curse upon himself. And you talk about betrayer. Those were closest people to him. His mom, his brothers, his cousins, his friends. How close can it get? That's what Jesus said. A servant cannot be greater than the master. If they cheated me, they set me up, they betrayed me. So they even took what was his own in front of him. They said, hey, blessed this cloth, fine. We don't go tell him Not tell him We are going to do ballot for it. In his very before. They were taking his property in his presence. Not even after. You can't be greater than Jesus. And Jesus understood it well. And that was why he did not take offense. Because he knew he was in the fallen world. He understood it. He never stopped loving them. He knew that this was the devil. And he was using the tools of betrayal. The tools of, you know, cheating. Set up. Why? To make him walk out of God's will for him and ultimately truncate his ministry. He knew. He saw behind the veil. He saw behind the persons. He knew 
what was happening. And if you see in all of those renditions, he never got offended. Not once. When his mother set him up, he said, okay. She said, we are here. Eh, it's okay. Is it wine? Oh. Eh, wine When John sent that message to him, he just told him, he said, blesses him that he's not offended in me. You people, have you not seen all the miracles? So, I don't need to be offended. I know the point where he is. So, evil prophets, somebody that is big, spiritual, can offend you. John was, was regarded as the greatest prophet. The greatest. And he still offended his cousin. So, it's not by spirituality. It's not by spirituality at all. People can walk in offense if they allow themselves to get there. Hallelujah. So what did Jesus do? He guarded his love life. He protected his love life. He defended his love life by being quick to forgive and move on. He was quick to forgive and just move on because see, there's, there's more to this life. There's more at stake. I cannot allow offense to stop me from the, the, the major work. He was looking at the major. He wasn't looking at the minor. You know when they say you should look at the big, big picture? The big picture, the reason why I'm here is not because of wine. The reason why I'm here is not because of jealousy. Because I'm sure the brother were jealous. Maybe the mother would say, hey, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hey, first fruits. Oh, I know you will be great. So all of us are not going to be great, Abby. Now let Jesus. It's okay. We know how to deal with people like him. We have done it. There is a precedent. They've done it before. She be, you know, you read that story. When Joseph, they were doing it like that. We know how to deal with him. We could just set him up quick, quick, sharp, sharp. He didn't get offended. His cousin, the Bible talked about the fact that Mary and Elizabeth were close, so they must have related at one time or the other in their lives. But he didn't get offended with John. Neither did he get offended with Judas. He just said, ah, it shouldn't have been you. They said somebody would, but it didn't have to be you. If Judas had come back, he would have forgiven him. Just the same way the person that said, may God, may thunder fire me. Was he not the one that he handed over the church to? So he knew. Now, love can be an offensive weapon. And it can be a defensive weapon. Love can be an offensive weapon. Or a defensive weapon. An offensive weapon is used to attack or disarm the aggressor. An offensive weapon, when you are the one going out, you are the one reaching out. Hallelujah. For, for example, somebody insults you. You know that this person is out to get you. Instead of getting even, 
or you get them back, you begin to pray for them. You buy them gifts. You bless them. Unless they are the devil. They will melt. Unless they are the devil. A time will come in their life that something will prick them. You will see some people, they will come back and meet you and say, ah, you didn't know what I did to you, but I'm just forgive me. Love is an offensive weapon. Hallelujah. I remember there was a particular time in my office. I just gotten there not too long. And then um, my boss was, I think her birthday or something. So we had decided that we were going to buy gifts together because you know when you're buying gifts for you, repeat person. If you bring 40,000, it will not make sense. But if you bring, if you bring 120K, it will make sense, yes? So we said, okay, let's, let's pull money together and then buy one gift. Okay? So we had agreed. And then one of us, I don't know for whatever reason, decided to get out of the agreement without informing us. Went behind us and bought a gift for our boss. Now, how did I know? Unfortunately for her, I just entered into the office not long after she presented the gift, yeah? So, you know, madam was praying for her. Thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I really liked it, da, da, da. I looked in her direction. I was like, is it what I think it is? So I came out. And I went to meet a colleague of mine. My, our other colleague, we were three then. So I went to meet her. I said, <clears throat> so so person has given Madame Gifto. So we are on our own. I person said, ah, no. What kind of betrayal is that? What kind of backstabbing is that? Da, 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 da. So she gets her blood hot past my own. <laughs> I cannot shout. I cannot fight. So she went to accost her. Why did you do that? That one said, ah, I better go everybody for himself. Oh, God for us all. I know what I'm doing. Yeah? Oh. So I called, I said, Shabi, you have gotten your report card. Abby, can you flog her? She has a right to agree and disagree. It's a free world. She now said, eh, okay, so what are we going to do? I said, eh, let's buy our own gift. Abby, you want to go solo too? She said, ah, no, let's do it together. I said, okay. So we will buy our own gift and go and present. She now said, <laughs> she now told me that, eh, so she is the one that's going to go and buy the gift. I said, yes. And when you get to Madame's office, they tell Madame that this person, I said, eh? I said, I will do no such thing. She said, yeah, but it is good. Let Madame know that she's a, she's a contract breaker. She's a word breaker. She's not good. She's this. I said, not on my watch. Will I see somebody fall? I said, if you want to go and tell her yourself, you know they didn't put padlock on your own mouth. I said, but I will not walk out of love against this person. There's nothing you can tell me. She was shocked. That same person today, so far, can get my back. If I had done that at that time, 
I know what my boss would have done. She might have returned the gift and it would have worked against her all through her career in that place because she will be regarded as somebody that cannot be trusted. But what will it profit me? If they sack her, they will not add her salary to my own. And if she goes, do you know who is coming? He can be another Judas square root times two raised to power four. Sometimes the mm you know is better than the mm you don't know. So I said, no, I'm not doing this. But today, that same person has my back. So it is an offensive weapon. Because it just, I'm sure over the years, you just look at this person is not a bad person. And she has become a very good ally for me in the office. Now, it can also be a defensive weapon. What do I mean by defensive weapon? When people are doing things against you, but instead of harboring evil in your heart, you just choose to forgive them and let it go. You know, you may not necessarily go and meet them, be doing lovey-lovey with them, but you just, you just protect your heart. It's a defensive weapon. You are protecting your own heart by not thinking evil of them, by not planning evil against them. You may not necessarily buy them gift. You may not necessarily go out of your way for them. Do you understand? But you, in your own heart, you will not harbor evil against them. You'll not be saying, ah, <laughs> I'm waiting for my time. First to do, no the pain. <laughs> First to do, no the pain. You are just keeping your heart pure towards them. You are just keeping your heart pure towards them. You are just keeping your heart pure towards them. Why? Because I'm thinking about the big picture. Because ultimately it's about your life, not their own. It's about your life. What I always tell myself is that, okay, I'm harboring this evil again. Jesus now come. Bam. He now said, eh, all the unforgiving will not enter. Eh? I will not go to heaven because of you. Wait till you who you be. And I will lose heaven because of you. You're too small. That's the big picture. That's the big picture. The devil will want to use offense so that he will tear you down because he knows that you are already fortified. That's why the Bible says he goes about looking around, looking for whom to devour. Not be everybody be meet. He can't just devour anybody anyhow. So he's looking for who to devour. He's looking for who has let his guard down. He's looking at who has let his armor down. So he will throw strife at you small. He will throw betrayal at you small and see whether you will catch it. And when he does that, what will he do? It will introduce death. See what the Bible says in James chapter 3 verse 16. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. 
where self-seeking, envy, strife, where it is, every evil thing is there. I had a story of one woman who came to meet um, Kenneth Hagen and was praying about her. Her daughter used to have convulsions, serious convulsions, serious convulsions, almost to death. And she came to, she brought the child to meet Kenneth Hagen and Kenneth Hagen told her that God said, you are unforgiving. You have your mother-in-law in your heart. You are unforgiving. Until you forgive your mother-in-law, this will continually happen to your child. Yes, they may pray for her. She will get healed. But this will be a recurring thing in, your life, in her life. And so, of course, initially, she didn't want to agree. She didn't want to say, I don't know. Ah, hey, you don't know what she did to me. Ah, only heaven can forgive her. It's only when we get to heaven that we forgive Christian, only... Ah, I can never, 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 never forgive her. He said, you, you, will, you will hamper this girl's life. That's the big picture. It's not about your mother-in-law. It's about this child. So, she made amends, you know, and all of that. And forgave her mother-in-law. Another time came when the child was conversing so badly. All she said was, devil, take your hand off my child. I am walking in love. And that conversion stopped from that day on, never to come back again. That's the big picture. That's the big picture. So you cannot afford to harbor it in your heart. It is about your life. It is about my life. That's why it's important for us to guard our hearts, our love life jealously, guard it jealously because it is valuable. It is important. It is special. Guard it jealously. Guard it jealously. Don't let anything tamper with it. Because the devil is looking for how to get you. He knows God has a good plan for you. But he's just looking for a chink in your armor. Just one small place to come in through. And what easier way to come in through than your love life because you are always interacting with people every day. That's the easiest. Somebody will offend you. In the market, they will offend you. Somebody push you, say, you know, if you work your neighbor packed, knowing that you leave the house at 6 o'clock and by 6 o'clock you will be late. Packed. You went to call him, he was saying, he's still coming. He's coming. He's coming. Until 6.20. And you have an important meeting that day. In your mind you say, God, God will delay you. I shall have delayed me. God will delay you. <laughs> your sibling, you gave him a project to do. Like the story I heard of, <laughs> oh, there are people in this world. He lives in America. He was giving the, his brother-in-law, his brother-in-law, the brother of his, of his wife, to help him to build house in Nigeria. The guy will say, hey, the money has finished. The money has finished. The tile has finished. The shekinika has finished. One day I went to his house. I, I saw the tile. I said, ah, bros, because it's close to me. Bros, how you can't get two kind? 
tie like this, big boy like you. You're not supposed to be doing this kind of thing. He said, hmm, my sister, don't let me think about it. Don't let me think about it. I said, what happened? He said, ah, my brother-in-law, he gave him money. He said the tie was not enough. He, he has to buy. When he got to the market, they said they didn't have that kind of tie. So he looked for what was close enough. He said, can you imagine when I go to his house? My tile, my tile was on his floor. He was using as he was building for his brother-in-law, he was building for himself, side by side. <laughs> your brother-in-law, the younger brother to your wife. You know some people just say, plus you, wife, and plus your brother. Oh yeah, everybody, out. All of you are betrayers. If your brother can do this for me, knowing that it is me and you that we live in this house, you didn't even think about the fact that this house is your sister's house. Even if you're not thinking of the man, it's your sister's house. I said, bros, you have to walk in love with you. He said, what will I do now? I'm both, but I'm hot. Every time I see him, I said, bros, we have to keep calm. See the bigger picture. Before every evil thing begins to enter your house, as I've opened the door, sickness will come, headache will start. It will start with headache, then it will grow to migraine. Then before you know it, they will say it's brain tumor. So how do we guard our hearts? I'm going to just run through seven ways. They're not new, but they will help us to remind us you know, of, of what God expects from us. Number one, always stay calm in the midst of offense. Keep your calm. You know, it's very easy for us to blow it. By the time you finish blowing it, and people pass, they will say, she is a Christian. He said, hey, he is. He said, ah. As he vexed like this. But he didn't see what happened. You know that's the bad part? Most of the time, the first to do, they don't see it. Issue that is reacting that they see. They say, ah. But they did not know that it was God that saved you. The, 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 the sword just went over your head like this. They didn't see the sword. It was your reaction they saw. How many has it happened to? That you will be like, why did I react like that? Because you will see the eye that some people are to look at you. Say, eh? Um, this guy is a no-go area. Meanwhile, you're a calm person. You're a happy-go-lucky person on a normal day. They want to promote. The person that is in charge was the one that passed that day when you were doing when you were para. You say, what? To no, 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 no. He can't handle leadership. They say, why? He recites that incense. See somebody that cannot manage himself under pressure? He can't be a leader. One incidence robbed you. Think of the big picture. Number two, get all the details before you react. It could have been that when you are offended, that what you are offended about was not done on purpose. Get all the details. Get all the facts. Especially when it is being reported. Reported speech. You know as it goes down the channel. It gets uh, distorted. So are you a fool? By the time the first person is saying it, you are a fool. <laughs> Get all the facts. Get all the details. 
the person might not have done it deliberately. Are you getting me? It's very, very important. I'll set an example. There was a time my husband was doing something. We were in the car and he was, we were talking and as we were talking, I just said, mm-hmm, I know you. He just parked. What do you mean by you know me? I said, bros, calm down. All I was just trying to say is that I know, I know the person that you are. That you will fall for this person's trick and you fail. He said, oh, is that what you mean? I said, yes. He said, I thought you meant that hey, I'm, not a, I'm not a sound person. I said, for where? How would I say you're not a sound person? I just wanted to tell you that I know you, that this person's trick would have gotten you and it did. Get all the facts. They say, that man said you're crazy. You haven't gotten all the facts. Number three, even when it is obvious that it was done to you maliciously, you can still choose not to take offense or be angry. It's a choice, really. It's a choice. You can choose not to. I met a, a, you know, a, a pastor, a woman pastor in, in Cote d'Ivoire, elderly person, and she was telling me, she said, ah, my sister, I have calmed down. I cannot kill myself. He said before, he said now, I'm looking at them, they're looking at me. My children are young. My husband is late. I am not Jesus that died for them. I will do as much as I can. But to start getting angry and uh, uh, getting offended. Uh, if you hear her story, uh, you will weep for her. When her husband died, those who were supposed to stand by her in ministry betrayed her. They wanted to take the ministry from her. And they went with people. Leaving her. (laughs) With just a few. Trusted hands. The people that we call you mommy. When daddy was alive. Mama. M.O.G.'s wife. Our woman of God. They will come and sleep in your house. When the emoji departed, they showed her preparity. Or is it the story of uh, Pastor Sarah in Abuja? <laughs> when her husband died, it got so bad. They said she cannot speak in church. If she has anything to say, she should write it inside paper. The people that were calling you mommy, that were your husband's henchmen. Thank God they, they had people that stood by her. Family worship center was less than 5,000 when the husband died. Today, family worship center is over 50,000. But they showed her hell and back. So you can choose not to be offended. Why? The bigger picture. And peradventure, you still went pow, which is normal. Because I would not say it is abnormal. We are still, like I said, we are all works in progress. 
Don't allow it to fester for too long. Even when you are angry, the Bible gives us a caveat. Be angry, but do not sin. And don't let that, your offense, don't let the sun set on it. Before it becomes a family feud. Have you seen it before? Two families, generation, they are still fighting. Generation to generation. They are still fighting. The, pro- the protagonists have gone. And that's what's happening in our country. Till today. Ah! Ibo people! Ibo people! You cannot trust them! Hey, you give Ibo people! Hey, hey. Ojuku that started the trouble and is, they've gone. No? The small boy whose name is Ike Mefuna, you will not let him. Hey, Iponi, Iponi, Iponi. The seed of evil is still perpetrating our land because of offense. And innocent people are bearing the brunt. I remember when I wanted to go and, <laughs> wanted to go and rent house in Nikorodu that time. The landlord has agreed though. The moment he heard, he saw my husband because I was not talking. I'm Yoruba. He might saw my husband. He said, in Bolotewa, and I said, that, ah, the house is not available. <laughs> Honest truth. I said, what happened? He said, ah, ah, ah. I said, but he's not Igbo. He said, they are the same, the same. The same, the same. The same, the same. <laughs> It's the same to say, which are concerned me? I don't know data. <laughs> it's not my concern. The house is not available. Finish. And as he's the owner of his property, what will you do? You want to collect it by force? <laughs> Meanwhile, I've had evil people who have been good to me. Pastor, Apostle Nam the Rorum is a, is a solid friend of my husband. Any day he's got his back. And it's Ibu. I'm on nanny. I'll be on my Ibu. <laughs> Hallelujah. So if you have, don't, don't let it fester for too long. Why? The big picture. It's about your life. Number five. If possible, remove yourself from the source of the offense. If it is possible, if your heart is still tender, try to remove yourself from the source of the offense. But sometimes it's not always possible. Let's leave it. If it's your co-tenant, are you going to leave the house for him? Or your, your colleague in the office, are you going to say they should sack him? Or the Pabambari, is your mommy, are you going to divorce your mother? Or your cousin, or your brother, like in the case of Jesus. Okay? You can decide to give a mental distance. But there are times that you cannot, you cannot run away from them. Protect your heart. Number six, ask God to help you forgive those that have offended you and forgive them. Because when you ask, the Bible says you will receive. He will give you grace to forgive. So when you've asked for help, forgive. Forgive. Ask God to help you and then forgive. And then finally, be a blessing to those who offend you. That is the best of them all. And we can see those two examples of Jesus. While on the cross, the people that offended him, he was still dying for them. He didn't say, well, you know what? I'm not doing this again. You, you slap me. Do you know what I came to do? 
This is your rotting, smelling life that would have gone to hell fire. You would take me. You are just a candidate, a candidate of hell. You slap me. Oh, Nick Bamo. The Bible says when Peter caught the ear of the person that was coming to to attack him, he he gummed the ear. Big picture. He gummed the ear again. Tell me, do you think that that person will not become a believer? Is it because they didn't tell us his story? Ha! Somebody gummed your ear again. Then they went to the cross and he was still dying for. And they were still busy anymore. Hey, calm down. Tell me you're a prophet. Calm down. Calm down. See him. You not even get body safe. That's why you lean. Or is it the story of Stephen? Who gave us the gift of Apostle Paul? While they were stoning him, he was saying, Father, forgive them. Remember that Saul was the one that was holding the cloth. We would not have gotten an Apostle Paul if Stephen had not prayed. The people that offended Elisha did not live to tell the story. Remember? Eh? Abi Elijah that killed 500 men. He said, Hey, prophet, come down. He said, Eh? Let me. Ah, hey. And it's your money loan finish. Eh? The person that does not know the person is the one that is playing with him. Fire! And fire obeyed. 50 lamb. Even the king is wicked. You say 50 people were roasted like suya. You say, Another 50 should go. Hey, point of no return. They went again. That one too was idiots. You heard what happened. We said, "Hey, I don't like my former colleague. I will woze you if you don't come down. I'll give you. I will count to three. One, two, three. Fire, whom? The third one. Borrowed. Say, say, sister. Actually, my children are young. And I come." I will not beat you. He just said I should bring you. It's bring I bring. If they touch you, hey, trust me, I will injure myself before they touch you. Just follow us. Say, hey, I have seen what I can do with other people. So, or was it children that just say, ha, ah, look at this bald dead man. Say, hey, me. Bald dead man. May your, may your mother sweep over you. Oh, yeah. And two she bears consumed 50 children. Power without control. We have seen examples of power without control. And we have seen examples of power with control. Hallelujah. And I will close with this. We must choose to live a higher way. By guarding our love life. Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. After enumerating all the ministry gifts. Everything. Look at what he says. He says I show you. He says in verse 29 of 1 Corinthians 12. Not everyone is an apostle or a prophet or a teacher. Not everyone performs miracles. Or has gifts of healing. Or speaks in tongues. Or interprets tongues. 31, but you should all constantly boil over with passion in seeking the higher gifts. I'm reading from TPT. And now, I will show you a superior way to live. Another version says a more excellent way. 
that is beyond comparison. The way of love is the more excellent way, the most superior way that is beyond comparison. And that was expansiated to us in 1 Corinthians 13. Love does not, it does not seek his own. It does not seek his own. You need to read it again. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8. Begin to declare to yourself, this is who I am. This is who I am. My last scripture is 1 John 4, 14. The Bible says that we know, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. God is counting on you and I to show the light to the world and show them that there is a better way to live. And all this will only happen when we guard our love life. I want you to stand up to your feet and just begin to talk to God. If there's anybody in your heart who has offended you, just release them. Think of the bigger picture. Think of the big, irrespective of what they've done. It is not up to you losing your life. It's not up to you losing the benefits that God has for you because of that person. It's, the person is not enough. They're not enough. They're not enough. It could be somebody close to you. It could be something grave. I understand it. I get it. But you cannot be bigger than your master. If Jesus was betrayed by his own, his own, his mom, his brothers, his cousin, his friends, you're no greater than him. It will happen. Because we live in a fallen world. But you can choose how you are going to respond. You can choose it. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Father God, because you will help us. We will guard our love life. We will guard our love life. We choose not to walk in offense. We choose not to take offense. We choose, we choose, we choose the higher way, the more superior way, oh God. Help us, Father. Lord, anyone here under the sound of my voice that is holding on to any offense, Father God, help them. Lord, as they talk to you, Father God, cause the comfort of the Holy Spirit to flood their hearts. Cause the comfort of the Holy Spirit to flood their mind. Let every hurt be removed. Let every pain be dispelled in the name. Let healing begin to come. Let healing begin to come. Let healing begin to come. Father, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. And I just give God thanks, give him praise for the word that you've heard this morning. Give God praise, thank him for his word. Hallelujah. Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise. We thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the transforming power of your word. We give you glory.